Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Going to share my screen real quick. Um, while we're waiting for people to jump on in, uh, go ahead and let us know in the chat where you're calling in from. You know the drill. I am in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Julia, Christian, where y'all at? I'm in New York City. Woo. <laughs> nice. And Barcelona, Spain. Nice, man. Nice. Um, cool. We're going to talk about... <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, some of the new sales navigator features and some of the ones maybe you didn't know about, but while we're waiting for people to still join on in, um, Christian, I'm going to pass it to you real quick while we're waiting. Um, do you have a hot take when it comes to LinkedIn or sales navigator, or maybe just a strong, strong opinion that most would uh, disagree with? Yeah, I have a pretty hot take because I worked for Salesforce for four and a half years, which is obviously you know, the most <laughs> commonly used CRM solution in the market. Uh, and I actually have a hot take. I believe Sales Navigator is more important than your CRM. Boom. Wow. That Damn, is that is hot. Stop my employer in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's starting off spicy. What about you, Julia? Do you have a hot take? Honestly, mine is kind of similar to Christian's. Like, I only use Sales Nav to find people. For sure. We're going to get uh, started real quick on a few housekeeping items before we jump into it. Um, we got a 45-minute show, too, so we're going to try to keep it as actionable as possible. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the speakers. So my name is Jed Marley. I'm the head of op on Sales over at Mailshake. Um, super excited to have Julia on. If you're not following her on LinkedIn, you need to. She's probably one of the funniest LinkedIn creators right now. She's an account executive over at Marpipe. She crushed it as an SDR, did like 400% to quote her first month, 200%, and now she's a full cycle AE. So she has a lot of experience to sales navigator that we can speak to. Christian, I've been friends with him for a couple of years. He worked his way up from SDR to AE at Salesforce, crushed it there. He's actually has a course on sales navigator and now he's doing full-time sales coaching. So Julia and Christian, welcome to the show. Happy to have you here. Um, also, if you didn't know, first off, actually, go ahead and scan this QR code because scanning QR codes is super fun and you never know what you're going to get. So go ahead and do that. Uh, if you didn't know, The Daily Show is every single day. Um, I like to join just to see if there's something particular I'm struggling with. There's always good people to join, just like Julie and Christian. Um, also, if you want to upgrade and become a member for just $1 per day, you can unlock tons of training and resources. I like to call it the Netflix, but for sales training, I have my SDR team on the Sell Better um membership portal so check that out again it's only a buck a day um real quick we're going to thank our partners so apollo and outreach thank you for making these shows possible again apollo and outreach thank you for making these shows possible if you didn't know apollo actually has a chrome extension now so we're going to talk about sales navigator and linkedin but you can literally use and actually we're going to drop a link in the chat you can download it for free and you can use apollo on sales navigator or linkedin to actually surface the data and the insights we're talking about and pull these leads and these data into your sequencer so check out uh, Apollo's uh, free plan for pulling data on LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Again, there's going to be a link in the chat where you can grab that and get started right away. Um, one last thing before we jump into it, we're going to cover the quick agenda real quick. So we're going to talk about what are some of these new Sales Navigator features uh, and why they're important, as well as some of the ones that maybe you didn't know about from before, how you can incorporate these features into your current process, and then the best way to find warm leads with the improved platform. But we're going to throw up a poll as well. We want to know who is in the room. Let us know. Are you an SDR? Are you an AE? Are you a manager? Are you in marketing? Let us know who is in the room today. This will help us tailor our conversation to you. And as we're going through this conversation too, we want to keep it conversational. Let us know um, just any questions you have put in the Q&A. We're going to make sure to get to as many Q&As as we can. Uh, but yeah, keep it conversational and, and let us know what you want to hear about. So uh, Julia, I'm going to kick it to you first. I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Uh, there's been a few sales navigator features that have come out recently. 
what are some of them and what are your thoughts on them, good or bad? Yeah, so I've got a lot of opinions, guys. We've got opinions here. So there's a few things that they dropped, which I think are good for some people, not good for other people. I think one of the good things today is like Christians coming from like Salesforce, like very big, like, you know, rid more of a rigid structure, like account list, SDRs, AEs, all that. Whereas I'm coming from more of like a startup, really small team, a little bit more scrappy. So I think having both perspectives on this is going to be like beneficial for everyone here. But so like one of the things they have now is like intent. Um, intent, honestly, I think if you're small like me, like small team, like it's it's bad. It's just not good. You're not going to get anywhere. You get no intent. It's bad. Um, there's also category intent, which is arguably even worse. I like tried searching category intent, but it was like, it was oh, the whole list of prospects was awful. Um, but the one thing that they have now is like persona. So you, you can like um, upload, like I can show you guys too, if that would be you. Definitely. Um, Let's do it. But so essentially like when you're searching people now, um, okay. Okay. So before, like this is just the normal sales now, whatever, same, same normal stuff. But so there's like this category interest tab where you could type in like your product, which is kind of cool, but it's bad. Like it's objectively, the prospects on it are objectively horrible. So I wouldn't recommend that. But the persona is really good. I think if you're looking for like, you can save, it basically allows you to save titles and location. So you can easily just like be like, hey, I'm looking up at Reebok for like e-commerce managers. And you can easily do that. The one kind of challenge with it that I find is like you can't import Booleans. So like mm -hmm. you can't and it doesn't have every title. So I think if you're title and geography focused and you're looking for like VP of sales, sales director, like if you look up sales development, like it has a great pool of like titles to add. And you can add multiple, you know, all good. And but um, I think if you're like me, it doesn't have like a lot of the things I want, like paid social, it doesn't have. So alas, doesn't work that great for me. But I think for other people, it will save you a ton of time because you can just bop up your little person, put in your company, and then you're done. So I really like that one personally. Yeah, seems way quicker. Um, Christian, what about you? Any of the new features you've checked out or just in general ones that people don't necessarily know about? Yeah, um, so I think related to what Julia just shared, I think the filter options for lead searches have become much better. For example, um, I can also share real quick because that's always helpful. Mm, some more activities and shared experiences. Uh oh. Oh, Christian, looks like you're muted. <laughs> I don't know if he's frozen on air. Can you hear us? I, oh, oh, yeah. Now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. It's because I shared my screen, I think. So that's weird. But, but anyway, I'll, I'll just talk about it without the screen share. Um, so everyone knows that change jobs in the last 90 days. When you prospect, you want to have some sort of agenda or campaign in mind, right? So I think we all um, are familiar with going after job changes. You now have things like um, past customers, right? So, and this is maybe more in my favor than Julia's. If you work for a large organization such as Salesforce or ZoomInfo, um, you can directly look at prospects who have 
used your product in the past, uh, what's necessary is that you have, you know, CRM integration with your sales navigator account, but larger orgs typically do that. So you can go straight for long hanging fruits and talk to people like, hey, saw so you use uh, Salesforce, for example, at your past company, curious to hear what you use now at the new org, right? And that's how you open the conversation. Yeah, that's sick. How do you, do you like upload it? Do you connect it to your CRM to like know, so it knows who's a past customer? So I would have to ask uh, the sales operations manager now at Salesforce <laughs> openly. But uh, yeah, I mean, Sales Navigator uh, or LinkedIn in general does have a Salesforce or I'm sure also HubSpot API so they can pull that information. I think it connects in the background. Yeah. And one thing I've done as well is you can go into past customers. Um, and I've used this two ways, the the, the past customers uh, feature. You can go in and just find a bunch of customers and do like a Boolean search and put all of those customer names in there, put like 10 to 20 if you want, and you'll find a good number of, uh, of people that have changed jobs. But I've also done this for competitors before, and I, I think I made a LinkedIn post about this a week ago. Um, but at my last company, I worked for uh, Pandadoc. It's an e-signature company. And DocuSign is a big competitor. They have tons of employees. There's lots of people that come and go from DocuSign, right? There's a lot of people that are changing jobs. And so I would reach out to previous DocuSign employees or previous competitor uh, employees at larger competitors. And I would literally just send them an email saying, hey, you're no longer the enemy. looks like you're an XYZ company now. Have you considered tool? Have you considered like an e-signature tool yet? And you'd be surprised. A lot of people aren't as loyal to their previous company. And it's a really good icebreaker. The response rates were super high. Yes, there was a lot of people that are like, yeah, we're already using whatever the competitor was, but a lot of people were open to conversations. So when it comes to that past company feature, Christian, I think there's lots of uh, creative ways to use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, speak to, so I, Julia, you're a, a relatively small company. Christian, you just came from Salesforce, which is obviously a much larger company. Uh, I want to hear about like the different ways y'all use it. So Julia, I'll pass it to you first. How often are you using Sales Navigator? Um, and what does that process kind of look like as an SDR and now a full cycle AE? Yeah. So I only find my prospects on sales nav. I think for me, like what's the most important is having like a really narrow ICP. So like every per what you put in is what you get out. So if you have a bunch of like kind of bad, mediocre prospects, if you book those meetings, they're going to be bad, mediocre meetings. They're not really going to go anywhere. You're like spending all this effort on that. So I really try to like, hone in on like the specific titles that like I want. Um, for me, like my offering is pretty simple. It's just like brands running the specific ad type. So I'll usually check, see like if they're running the ad type, then I'll go to sales nav and I'll type in the company name and then like my titles I want and I'll kind of just like source them from there. And then I'll use an extension. Like I use lead IQ. I guess Apollo has it too. It doesn't really matter. I don't really care who you use, but then I'll spit them into like sales off from there. Um, but yeah, my filters are like pretty simple, but one thing that I found to be really helpful in terms of like title searches that you guys might find to be like useful for yourself as well, um, is so I don't, I'm, if you're not familiar, yes. it's basically just like a keyword in quotations that you can mass, you can plug this in and then every possible person with that will pop up. So you can plug in Booleans, I think, in pretty much any of these search bars. Um, I honestly don't do it for company. And the reason I do that is because, say, I'm going after that company like Ridge, you know, like Ridge wallets. 
I'm going to get all these companies that are like Ridge Asset Management, Ridge, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't want all those. So I prefer just to search the companies one by one, but that's my personal preference. And then I rank the titles based on like top tier, medium, and broad. Because if I'm going after a smaller company, I'm going to want to use broad. But if I'm going after like Bloomingdale's or Target or something huge, I'm going to want to be more narrow. Um, so I like to sort of source, have these three buckets, um, which yeah, yeah, leverage wallets as well. They just signed with <laughs> us. You see their ads looking fresh. So that's why. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I would recommend. And then when you search a company, I just will plug in the job title there, but I only use the title and the company and the region because that's just, that's just myself. So, so. Julie, keep your screen open for a second, because this is something I actually just found out about, but it's actually been around for a while. And and first of all, actually drop a one in the chat if you've used Boolean searches before, drop a two in the chat if Boolean searches are new to you. It took me a while to figure this out and it can seem complicated, but I think what Julie does is great where you just have a doc, you don't have to like recreate them every time you just copy and paste. Um, yeah, it looks like a lot of people, this is new to them as well. But one thing I think is interesting is this keywords search right here. And you can like search the description of people's uh, LinkedIn profile, their uh, like uh, recommendations, things of that nature. Um, have you used this one, Julia? This is something I literally just found out about and it's been huge for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll use it. Um, if I get a lot of results and I just want to like kind of filter it down, I'll use it for that. I historically like at my old company did a lot of like competitor keyword searches. Um, and I'm honestly not really doing it as much now, but you can definitely search up anything and you can also use the boolean for that um if i want to make things like really broad but yeah the keyword search is awesome so if i wanted to look up like things like hiring too or lots of times people put like what sort of tech stack they've implemented in their job description um those are two ways i've used it specifically yeah so you could like get pretty niche oh it's awesome yeah so i think it's pretty it's pretty sick but um and you could also just have it be like Boolean yeah. up and it will search both of those keywords for you. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, keywords are great. Shout out to Ashley Zacks for putting it in the chat to use uh what is it, magic text or text expander for uh just copying and pasting in your booleans. I've heard of that tool. I think it's free or to an extent, but you could just pop in your booleans uh without having to copy and paste. So definitely check that out as well. Um yeah. but Christian. I want to hear about some of your experience as well, because you know that's Julie's experience at somewhat of a smaller startup, right? How did you use uh, Sales Navigator on a daily basis at Salesforce, being that it's a much larger customer or you know company, and you probably have a bit of a different process? Yeah. Um, so I would just really start with the basics. Uh, something that every SDR or AE should do at the beginning of their fiscal year is upload a CSV of their account list, right, if they have it. Um, it's just a really simple way because CRM data, like you can have the best CRM in the world, but the data in the CRM is only as good as the people who put the information in it. So traditionally, CRM data is static, right? It, it depends on you to update it. Uh, whereas LinkedIn data is obviously real time, right? Because we're all mm. putting in our information and, 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 you know, it's the best database out there. Um, so it's always worth looking at your account list when you do your tiering, looking at those accounts, um, directly in Sales Navigator because you'll see things like, okay, executive leadership change, how these companies are growing, and that'll actually impact how your tier 
material accounts, you know, don't just look at that opportunities in the CRM or, or whatever contacts you have in there. So that's number one. Um, number two, what was big for me when I started out as an SE uh, in, at Salesforce, mm. I had a geographic pack, so I actually didn't have named accounts. I was like in small emerging business. Mm. Uh, and I had like a bunch of zip codes in Switzerland. So I'm like, okay, how do I find out, you know, how many accounts are out there really? I had 700 total accounts in my CRM, so that's white space. And then I put in every single zip code, I think it was like 30 zip codes or something, into SalesNav and realized it's actually 10,000 accounts, right? Now, obviously, a lot of these are one-man, two-man shows that are just registered companies. But if you're in small emerging business, it's super worth looking at what's out there because it might not actually be in your CRM. Uh, and then from the 10,000 accounts, you know, I set all the filters, like what are the fastest growing, uh, who actually has like an operating sales team, who has a LinkedIn company page with at least a thousand followers. You can set all these filters and boil it down to, you know, your, your, your let's say your top white space list of 100 or 200 for the year and then work off that. So, uh, upload, C upload CSV file. Um, if you are not name accounts, if you're Ge geographic patch, you know, look at all of the accounts that are out there and filter them down. And then lastly, I think we've talked about Boolean searches here. And I think there was a Q&A from Rodolfo who asked, um, how do you know when to prospect for accounts and when to prospect for leads? So personally, how I operate is I'll take my top accounts. So let's say 20 uh, and I put these named accounts into a lead search. And then I use the lead filter. So then I go after my ICP persona, the department, the seniority, whether they ch change jobs. And I'll save that search. And if you have the settings in Sales Navigator, it'll send you an email, I think, once every week with new search results. So that's a very easy, automated way of keeping momentum in your prospecting because you'll get that email with new leads that you can go after. That one's cool. How do you set? I actually I didn't know about that. How do you set it up so you get emails with these new? Can you do it like safe searches as well, where you get emails for new people added to these lists? It's literally just a safe lead search, uh -huh. um, and then you you got to make sure that you go into your sales navigator settings, uh, and there it has all the notifications uh, that that you want to have. So do you just want to see you know you just want to see lead lead searches or account searches? Do you want to get emails if people respond to you? Uh, uh, in the sales navigator inbox, etc. So just enable all of them, like click on, on, on each of them. And then you get like a digest email. Um, you can't, they, they used to have, they used to allow you to control whether you want it every day or every week. Now it's mm. just a digest that you get once a week, I think, but make sure you enable that. Yeah. I think with lead search, like save searches, I love save searches, but like in my experience, I feel like they need to be really narrow or else the yeah. lead pile is going to build up to be so high that it's yeah. like you're never going to click on it because it's like 800 leads. Like, yeah. I don't go through them all. Um, so yeah. I think having like a few like really targeted ones that's like, oh, like less than like, I don't know, 20, 30 people. That's so easy to look through. But I know I've made some where it's like, I don't know, like 600 people showing up and I'm like, oh my God, too many people. I don't want them <laughs> yeah no i think instead of having like one big search where it's gonna blast you with hundreds of people make them as granular as possible right so for example what we mentioned use that past customer filter there's only going to be a handful of people 
But whenever you get an email, there's going to be a few more that were past customers jump on those guys. Totally. Yeah. And, and Julia, I know you've, we had a separate conversation about this, but you've talked about this before. We're like narrowing your ICP, getting super specific. It means that, and, and to your point, Christian, as well, if you're finding past customers, it's not like you have to do much research or personalization at all. So if you narrow your list down to like 20 to maybe a hundred max, you can pretty much just send out these emails without any personalization. Julia, is that kind of what your process looks like as well? Like just yeah. send out these emails to narrow, narrow contacts? Yes. Yes. And I know it doesn't work. So I thought a lot about this because there's some people out there who have like really targeted solutions. And then there's people out there with more like all in one solutions. That's just like kind of the bucket. I think that this can work for both. I think you just need to think like, hey, like what are my triggers? Like, is it are they hiring? Is their team over a certain amount? Like, I don't care what the triggers are. You just need something that you can prove that's why you're reaching out. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, if, if new hires, like hiring a lot is a trigger, like have that be a specific cadence where you open it up, like, Hey, I saw you're hiring a bunch as of recent, you don't need to put the percent, you don't need to, you know, do all that. You could mm -hmm. bonus points, but like, if you really are going for efficiency, just like bracketing it up into maybe a few cadences, especially if you're like a more all in one solution where you have like a lot of different use cases. Um, I think that that's like especially powerful because I think in the past I've struggled with outreach when I'm very broad. I'm like, oh, you work in marketing. Like, do you want to optimize and automate your campaigns? Like that is really hard for the prospect to like understand what you're saying. But if you're like, hey, like, okay, they're in marketing. Maybe you want like the SEO search engine marketing manager. You find them and you're like, hey, I saw your team is growing by this and this you know, and then kind of go with it. I just think that being a bit more targeted will with your search will help you with your outreach also. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same process for me as well. Like I try to get as specific as possible. And then the more time you spend, like I feel like you should be spending a lot more time on the list building, especially in sales navigator, because it just makes all your, your cold calls, your emails, everything else much simpler and the conversion rates are much higher. Um, but I want to throw up a poll. What is everyone's experience with sales navigator? Um, I, I want to see like, where, where's everybody's experience level at? Are some of the things we're talking about too high level? Do you know some of these things? Uh, and while we're having that, that poll kind of throwing up, um, we have a good question from Sarah here, which is how can you find leads that follow your company on LinkedIn? So Christian or Julia, do y'all want to share your screen and kind of walk through that process and cover a couple more of those activities, uh, filters? Yeah, I got it open. Um, Christian, if that. Go for it. So, um, when you search for leads, you have your typical, all your stuff loaded here. So one cool tab they have is this here, it's called spotlights. And if you open up activities and shared experiences, you get like a bunch of good stuff. And one of them is following your company. And I really like this one. I think this is a really useful one. I think you can like, you know, there's so much you can do here. I think it really just depends on your goal. I know people talk about like team link intro. I think team link intro is in sales, it's really tough because in sales, you're always connecting with people to try and like pitch yeah. them basically. So I think it, it can be tricky. Um, in my opinion, if I come across a prospect who's connected with someone on my team and like I figure out they know each other, then I'll dive into it or I'll ask them. But like, I don't really filter by this, but you can just go here um, with the follow. And then I have that as a save search as well. So you can just easily um, follow Marpite. Yeah. 
only 600 since July. <laughs> Haven't clicked on it since July, but it exists. <laughs> yeah. There's another one in there too. Uh, views your profile. I think this is another one of those situations where if you sell to like salespeople or marketing or you're creating a lot of content, or honestly, if you work at a company where there's somebody who uh, maybe has a lot of LinkedIn clout and they're creating a lot of content and you sell to like sales or marketing folks, maybe see if you can get them a sales navigator license or if they already have one, ask if you can see who's doing their profile and get access to those leads. So if you're an SDR and there's somebody in your company who has, like I said, a lot of LinkedIn clout, see who's doing their profile because that is a new one in the um, activities and shared experiences is you can see who's doing your profile and pull all of them at once. It used to be you have to go to profile views and then manually pick them out one by one. But uh, yeah, if you got somebody who's getting a lot of views, they're probably pretty familiar with you. Um, and that's a big one. We're going to share these results here. So it looks like most of the group is definitely uh, relatively new to Sales Navigator. So it's good to hear that we're, we're sharing some helpful advice, some pros, some experts as well. Um, yeah. But now this is some some good stuff. I like the, uh, yeah, the view profile one is awesome. I've been using Yeah, I've actually never searched with the marketing people in there. This is cool. I'm learning something, guys. <laughs> Love this. For sure. Um, Christian, I have a question for you as well. Uh, so how often would you use Sales Navigator? Do you, I think like as an SDR, if you're a full cycle lady as well, it's important to have a consistent process for how often you're adding new leads. Did you have a process in place where like every day I'm going into Sales Navigator and adding X amount of leads was a little bit more random? Like when you run low, you grab more. Uh, what did that process kind of look like for you? Yeah. So quite different from AE to SDR, I would say. And I was also a BDR. So at Salesforce, it's a little different. Like SDR, you do inbound mostly. So there, um, it's mainly a research tool. BDR, you do a lot more outbound. So you do research, but you also would use in-mails. You would do a lot more, you know, soft touches, like liking posts, commenting on people's posts to get the connection requests. Um, and then, so as an AE, um, I had much less time for prospecting, right? That's, I think, what most AEs struggle with. They're like, I have deals in the pipe that I want to work on. I have forecast calls. I have XYZ updating the CRM. Now I have to prospect. Uh, what helped me is just working off a quota attainment plan. So to really say at the beginning of the year, hey, uh, my you know my quota is half a million. I need 4X coverage. So I got to come up with 2 million pipeline. That's, you know, 200K a month, um, 50K average deal size. So I got to find four new deals, which means I have to go after probably, you know, 10 to 20 accounts uh, every month. So I just break that down all the way to the week. So uh, my rule was that I would research five new accounts on Mondays. For each account, I would um, sequence three to five leads, which would be my ICP personas. Um, and I, I personally, I focused a lot, obviously, on sales, but also marketing and service. So I would go different departments, also different seniority levels. Um, and that's how I operated, right? So I would spend a lot of time on Sales Navigator on a Monday morning, probably for one or two hours, doing the research in bulk, so re researching all of the triggers. And that's another great thing that I think recently, not super recently, but probably over the course of last year, was a big improvement in Sales Nav. You have this massive account page if you if you click on one account this massive account page what gives you the intent data it shows you the headcount growth it shows you an a, basically an account map of all of the personas in that account um there's so much information and like from each account page you can pull probably like a hundred triggers right um news that this company page is, is showing 
uh, people who have looked at your profile or someone else's profile um, in male acceptance rates, the growth percentage of the engineering department, like whatever it is that's relevant for your use case or, or for what you're selling, you can pick, pick those triggers out there. And I would just have a resource spreadsheet where I had all of these triggers outlined. So I would always be looking for the same things. What's that count growth? What's the exec leadership chain? Always look for the same things. And then you can fill out this research spreadsheet pretty fast. And that'll be the foundation then for your, for your messaging. And then Tuesday to Friday, I would use, I would use, um, sales nav, not just for the outreach, but more so, uh, sorry, not for the research, but more so for the outreach. So doing the actual connection request, mm -hmm. sending the actual email, uh, et cetera. Interesting. Gotcha. No, I think that's super helpful because what, what I heard from you too, is that you've like kind of broke it down to like a science, right? So you say, this is the number I need to hit. This is exactly how much time I need to spend exactly how many contacts from each account I need to grab, you know, to hit that number and, and kind of back into yeah. it. Um, and one thing you, I'm going to actually share my screen real quick. Cause one thing you, you talked about, I think relates to one of the new features. So one of the new features is this relationship explorer, put a one in the chat. If y'all have heard about this, put a two in the chat. If you're new to this, um, I just found out about this last week. So relationship explorer, um, for folks like me and Julia, or maybe a little bit more, uh, let's say contact heavy, like more like lead searches where we're not necessarily going after accounts. This may not be as relevant, but if you're in like Christian's uh, point of view where you have a select list of accounts that you have to go after and do heavy research on, I think this is a huge one. So you can pull up an account you're going after, like let's say I'm going to sell Salesforce. Uh, I feel bad for you if you're selling to Salesforce. That's going to be super difficult. Good luck with that. But yep. yeah, good luck. Good luck. There's like a million. I don't know how you find your decision, man. Don't message me, please. I have. Yeah, everybody reach out to Christian. He'll give you all the referrals. Um, anyways, it's this relationship filter, right? So Julia talked about the personas. You select your persona, right? So let's say SDR leaders. And now you can go through and see all the people who have recently changed jobs, all your second degree connections, team link connections, shared experiences. And you can really dig down and quickly surface um, who are the best people to reach out to. Um, I really like uh, the second degree, uh, second degree connections and the connections filter as well. You can, like, for example, if you're, let's say, new to a startup or you have a relatively small company with a lower brand, you can find people who are connected with your founder. Let's say that they have a big brand on LinkedIn and you can find people who they're connected with and reach out to them and say, hey, I see you're connected with my founder or our CEO, which be open to learning more. This is something I did early on in Mailshake when we still had a, a you know smaller brand. And so there's a lot of different ways you can leverage these uh, second, first degree connections filters. But yeah, the Relationship Explorer is awesome. I just found out about this. Yeah. And you can import those personas. That's a new feature there. Like you can sort that through by persona. And I think Sarah had a question about like making those personas. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. It's honestly kind of limited, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the cool thing is like with all the new features that there's that little question mark next to it. So it's pretty easy to learn how to do it. Um, but yeah, just go find the feature, click on the question mark and you can see how to do it. Um, I have a good question from, from Kevin Ivers and I'll, I'll throw it to whoever wants to answer this, but Kevin mentioned he's currently on a free trial with sales navigator at a startup. What should I do to create a business case for my company to pay for it after the trial? Uh, he's an AE and he also has his SDR signed up as well. Um, if you're in this person's shoes, like how would you present and kind of build a business case for getting sales navigator? Cause leave me forget, not everybody just has it, uh, you know, in every company. Oh my God, you need it. Like if anything, first of all, it's not end of the world expensive. Like it's not like one of these huge enterprises. It, 
solutions. It's not bad, but like if you can generate a really high quality list of leads and show like how many meetings you booked from it, I think that that's obviously like the best way to prove it out. Um, but yeah, like how else are you going to find them? Like how how else are you finding these people? You know? Yeah. There's no other way. Like there's literally no other way unless you're manually sorting through LinkedIn like normal, but that's just horrific. <laughs> I think maybe, um, so I, I have some insider knowledge because I was at Salesforce, I was an SDR and I was actually uh, involved a lot in driving the adoption of Sales Navigator at Salesforce. So we would meet with the customer success manager from LinkedIn in Dublin because these companies happen to be to be both in Dublin and Ireland. And I actually learned how LinkedIn is selling Sales Navigator to big companies like Salesforce. And they have a lot of um, ROI information. And I think this is even stuff that you can probably Google. So you'll probably f find a blog article, uh, LinkedIn Sales Solutions, where they tell you, hey, Sales Navigator users generate X more on pipeline, do X. So you get a lot of numbers. Um, so I think you can also use that for your argumentation. Uh, if you want to bring that to whoever your budget holder is to invest in that tool and say, Hey, look, these are the average numbers of big organizations. And then combine that with Julia's approach of saying, Hey, you know, just get a license or a trial and, and demonstrate the ROI yourself. So those yeah. are the ways I think. I think the reason why too is because people always update their LinkedIn or like, it's going to be the most up-to-date data source. And so if you're using you know, a different type of tool. It's, it's never going to be as up-to-date as, as Sales Navigator. And to the point about like using the Apollo extension or a data tool extension, you know, you can still surface your leads in Sales Navigator. It's going to be the most up-to-date. And then use one of these data tools. Like I would much rather do my searches in Sales Navigator than inside of another data tool. I would just rather use the extension on Sales Navigator um, because to, to Julia's point, like it's just going to be the most up-to-date uh, in Sales Navigator every time. That's I think that's the biggest thing that Sales Navigator has going for it. Yeah, that's how I use it to this day. I mean, I don't, I use Lead IQ, but it doesn't really matter what you use. Like something where you can scrape the data from the people that you've like cherry picked that you want. Um, sometimes there's just no getting around some manual digging, you know. <laughs> sometimes digging around yourself is better, no matter how many computers or whatever can do it. You know, sometimes you can find it the best. For tech stack questions, I also highly recommend the book Tech Powered Sales by Justin Michael. Um, he's done some crazy case studies with large organizations where he drove an absolute insane amount of top of funnel pipeline, literally automating everything and like integrating a lot of tech stacks together. And Sales Navigator is almost always at the core because Sales Navigator feeds all of these other different like sequencing tools, AI tools, intent tools and whatnot. Yeah. Justin Michael, I'll put it in the chat. Yeah, no, Justin Michael's awesome. Um, that's a really good book. I highly recommend that as well. And I guess another question, uh, I'll pass this one to you, Julia, because I think one of the other things about Sales Navigator that's incredibly important as well is you can always find and surface really warm leads or leads that are close to booking. We mentioned the past customers. I think that's always been the big thing for me. Like if I've ever, whenever I was struggling as an SDR to get meetings, you can build a really strong Sales Navigator search, maybe find somebody new who's following your company, reach out and get a response booking meeting. And so what is your favorite method? Like if you had to pick one search or one way of using Sales Navigator to surface uh, warm leads? God, that's a hard question. So, I mean, yeah. I think for honestly, 
I haven't found too much luck with like using the intent. Uh, like I'll share my screen. There's no, there's zero intent here. Uh, there's no sales navigator intent for a company like myself. Um, so wait, how do I go to lead? Okay. So if I go to intent account or whatever, I'll just see one thing here. So you got a bunch of people are flopping in here, but accounts with intent zero. So wah, wah, nothing for me. Um, category interests you would think okay maybe this has some intent they like the soft they're looking at softwares that are similar to me this list is also a complete flop all these people are absolutely horrible prospects for me so that's not great but i think the following tab is fine um i think following with your title boolean is gonna get you somewhere i think like i've done the following thing and like every time i get a response it's like oh my boyfriend used to work at marpipe oh i just follow you because like i know you're blah 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 so like i haven't had too much luck with that um in terms of like warm leads i kind of prefer to just cherry pick them cold af and just go that route but i do know that i don't know i think you need to find some way of like people visiting your site or i don't know you could see people who looked at you but like I look at a ton of people by accident. Like, I don't think that's that important of a metric unless they're doing it a bunch. Um, I don't know. I, I, I prefer to just pounce when people engage a lot. So if they're opening my email a lot or like there's some sort of metric that they're revisiting things, then I'll pounce. But I don't know. For me, at a small company that no one knows about, there's not much warmth to go after. <laughs> The heat map is blue. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think to your point, like just play around with, because everybody's in different situations. There's so many different features. Like yeah. you could literally spend all day playing around with all the features. Um, in fact, this is a good plug. I did release a free course with Sell Better. We'll drop it in the link. Um, there's nine different strategies that I use as an SDR uh, with Sales Navigator. It's like quick two minute videos. that will explain exactly how to do each one. Um, as well as some suggested messaging. But when I was an SDR, I literally just played with a bunch of different ones. Some of them did work, some of them didn't. Um, and you'll find ones, right? There's so many different ways to filter in Sales Navigator. You'll find ones that are going to work for you. But Christian, what about you? Like being in a larger company at Salesforce, if you had to pick one for finding warm leads, what would be that strategy? Top changes. Top changes is the best I find. Because if you go after people who just joined the company or who got promoted, it means that something is changing for them. Um, so if they join the company, they're typically, you know, if they're, uh, it, it actually doesn't matter if they're a decision maker or not, but someone who joins a new company is by definition, a change agent. agent. Mm -hmm. It's someone who, you know, uh, wants to leave their footprint. It's someone who wants to bring about change, get promoted, you know, uh, leave their mark. And especially if a C-level executive, um, they make the majority of their purchase decisions, you know, early in their tenure. Um, and so. I used to go always. So when I was a BDR at Salesforce, I would actually go for enterprise accounts. Um, so higher mid-market, lower enterprise accounts. So in the four-digit employee size um, in Switzerland. And I sourced some really large deals just by going after people, like messaging a CIO in the first week of them joining the company. And obviously it was just the first week. They're in the middle of onboarding. You know, they're not going to jump into a sales cycle, but I. I started that relationship really early. I was top of mind for them. I nurtured them. And then when the time came that they were ready to make some change, 
that's when we started sales cycles. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, uh, upwards of 2 million revenues is, is what I sourced during that time. And there were a few bigger fish in there who just came from the job changes. So that's by far like the best trigger that I would go for. I like that too. I, yeah, no, it's, it's great. And like you said, reach out in the first week. I hear a lot of people that say you should wait to reach out to job changers till it's like four or five months. I completely disagree because it's like at that point, they may have already bought something else. Yeah. If it's the first yeah. week, that's the way like new leaders work is they're, they're building it. They're, they're evaluating what's going on. They're taking the first 90 days to figure out what's going on and then they're making decisions. So reach out where while their inbox is still empty, while they're still taking in information and then nurture them, but don't be super aggressive. Do what Christian does. Reach out in the first week, be light and then, you know, nurture them until they're ready. But yeah, reach out early. Don't reach out late. That, that's huge, Christian. Yeah. And they'll tell you too, if it's too early, they'll be like, reach out in like four months, you know? And it's like, awesome. I will do that. <laughs> yeah. That what happens all the time. Um, cool. We've got three minutes left. I'm going to go through a couple more of these uh, Q&A rapid fire. Um, have either of you used a, uh, a LinkedIn automation tool? So Jeff K is asking, what are your thoughts on outreach automation tools? Duck Soup is one that I've heard of as well. It's a, like a LinkedIn automation tool. But have you all ever considered LinkedIn automation? Do you have any opinions on it? Uh, what are your general thoughts? I've um, never Go ahead, Cliff. And you, you go, Christian. You've never... No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. Well, I played around with uh, with some stuff. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of a situation where, you know, Salesforce big company, very rigid with the tech stack. You're not really supposed to, you know, decide on your own what you're going to use. So um, I just use my own credit card sometimes. Um, so I use Dripify. Mm. Um, so Dripify, you can basically um, build automated sequences. Um, and you can build literally like a sequence tree, right? With if that scenario. So um, you start with a connection request. After one day, if they accepted your connection request, you send them a DM. If they didn't, you know, they look at their pro you look at their profile or you do something else. Um, then, you know, if they respond to your message, it lands in your inbox. If they didn't respond to your message, another message comes one day later. And then you can endorse some skills and then you can do XYZ. So you can build like quite sophisticated sequences. So if you want to automate top of the funnel, now I would say I would be careful with that uh, because you don't want to burn your total addressable market um, like that. Um, but the messages that you can send, they have like many, many, many different smart fields. So number of employees at your company, uh, time they have been in seats. So you can actually craft pretty relevant messaging, not super personalized, but pretty relevant if you under, understand your ICP well. So uh, I would play around with that. And if you like, let's be honest, right? Some people just have big TAM, low ticket size. You need to play the volume game. Um, if you're an emerging or an SMB, I would definitely try it out for top of funnel. Yeah, I want to try it now. Drip Can you send people pictures? That's a good point. Uh, someone already shared it, Dripify. Um, to be honest, I haven't used it since I left Salesforce. So, but they all—they're quite good at innovating. So they bring out new stuff like every other month. So I don't know if you can yeah. see send pictures, but you you can do a lot with it. You can analyze like campaign, like open and reply rates. You can A/B test. It's really good for A/B testing, actually. Um, yeah. Cool. We got time for one more question, real quick on LinkedIn automation. I think the best thing 
but it, in your case, if you have a large TAM and you want to just do like automated connection requests, I think that's cool with messaging. It depends, but I like what you said. Real quick, Christian, in 10 seconds or left, how does your nurturing process look like on LinkedIn after connecting? That one's for me? Yeah, they asked for you specifically, Premier. <laughs> for me specifically, uh, everything you got, invite them to your marketing events, um, invite them to an on-site event if you have it, send them a box of chocolates, um, I don't know, send them meaningful press articles that you're finding that are meaningful for their industry, um, engage with their LinkedIn content or point them towards LinkedIn content that you've seen that might be educational for them. Really, it's all about creativity here. Yeah. Anything that adds value, just don't be like, you know, is the time now? Is the time now? Like, what yeah. time in your calendar? What time in your calendar? Just don't be that annoying person. Just add value with every touch point. That's what the is. Cool. Well, we are at time. Julian Christian, thanks for joining. Go follow Julian Christian on LinkedIn. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow on the Celebrator Daily Show. And have a good Friday. Not tomorrow, Monday. It's the weekend. My bad. We'll see you guys Monday.